Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Chris McCandless? McCandless was the subject of a book titled Into the Wild, and later a movie with the same name. Chris McCandless was born in El Segundo, California on February 12, 1968, his mother was named Billy, and his father, Walt. He had a younger sister and six half-siblings from Walt's first marriage. They lived with their mother in California and later in Colorado. When McCandless was around six years old, Walt was hired by NASA to work as an antenna specialist. His family moved to Annandale, Virginia because of that job. There were a number of problems in the household according to the younger sister of McCandless, Allegedly, McCandless was subjected to maltreatment by his parents. His father had difficulty regulating the intake of alcohol. And in general, there was a lot of tension there. Billy and Walt have denied those allegations. In 1986, McCandless graduated from high school. He did well academically, but he was thought of as a bit unusual. For example, during his time on the cross-country team, he would encourage his teammates to think of running as a spiritual exercise. They were supposed to picture themselves running against the forces of darkness, all the evil in the world, all the hatred. Well, that's one way to motivate them, the old picture Satan is chasing you trick. After graduating, McCandless went to California to visit with relatives and friends that he had made when he was younger. On this trip, he discovered that Walt was not divorced from his first wife when he and his sister were born. It's like his father didn't understand how the whole marriage thing worked. In June of 1990, McCandless graduated with a bachelor's degree in history and anthropology. It was a double major. He donated about $24,000 to charity and started driving west in his Datsun 210. He would visit states like California, Arizona, Nevada, South Dakota, Oregon. He started using the name Alex Supertramp. He did not tell his family where he was going. His parents hired a private investigator to find him, but McCandless would never speak to any of his family members again. In July 1990, when he was in Arizona, his car was caught in a flood. McCandless was driving someplace where he was not supposed to be driving. He couldn't get it started, so he left a note on the car saying that anyone who could get it running could keep it. He also buried many of his belongings and burned the last of his cash. He continued traveling, living on the streets, finding jobs here and there. He even took a job for a short time at a McDonald's in Arizona using his real name and social security number. He started thinking about going to Alaska and living in the wilderness. 
he started reading material about survival, what plants he could eat, how to hunt, and he made some preparations, but he failed to appreciate how unforgiving the wilderness can be. McCandless would hitchhike from South Dakota to Fairbanks, Alaska in 1992. A man he worked for in South Dakota offered to buy him a plane ticket, but McCandless said that would be cheating. After he made it to Alaska, an electrician gave him a ride to the head of the Stampede Trail on April 28. That was the last time that anyone would see McCandless alive. The electrician would later suggest that McCandless was not well prepared for life in the wilderness. He tried to convince McCandless to buy appropriate gear and supplies for the harsh environment, but McCandless would not listen. When McCandless was hiking, he came across a bus. It was a 1946 International Harvester that had been abandoned by road workers in 1961. McCandless initially continued hiking before deciding to return to the bus and set up camp there. He kept track of some of his activities in a journal, and he also took a few pictures. It appears as though he hunted birds, squirrels, and porcupines, among other food sources. In July 1992, McCandless decided to return to civilization. He started the 30-mile walk back to the highway. He came upon a river that he needed to cross, one he had crossed on the way in when it was frozen, but now the river was swollen from rain and melting snow. He didn't want to take a chance of trying to get across it. He was afraid he would drown. About a quarter mile away from where he was contemplating making the crossing, there was a hand-operated tram on a steel cable. He could have used this to cross the river. There was also a National Park Service cabin containing food and medical supplies only six miles south of his camp at the bus. McCandless did not know about either of these. He returned to the bus and posted a note on it. The note said, Attention possible visitors, SOS. I need your help. I am injured, near death, and too weak to hike out. I am all alone. This is no joke. In the name of God, please remain to save me. I am collecting berries close by and shall return this evening. Thank you, Chris McCandless. Then he had the month August with a question mark by it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 24 hours ago, I found out the person I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months as a con man. That is my sister, Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing. She'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series, and that's when murder, all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real-life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con. 
Later, he would take a photograph holding a note that said, I have had a happy life and thank the Lord. Goodbye and may God bless all. A group of hunters would come upon the bus on September 6, 1992. They found a lump in a sleeping bag. When one of the hunters went around to the other side of the bus, he could see a human head. The hunters notified the police who arrived the next day. They found the body of Chris McCandless. It is believed that he had died on August 18, 19 days before he was found. He was 24 years old. Eight months before, he had weighed 140 pounds. His body only weighed 67 pounds when the autopsy was performed. There has been much speculation about what caused the death of Chris McCandless. It seems fairly clear that starvation probably played a key role, but what factors led to that? We see theories about toxic alkaloids in certain plants, but the available evidence doesn't really support those toxins were in the plants that McCandless consumed. Later, we see a theory about toxic amino acids from the seeds of a plant referred to as wild potato that could have led to paralysis in McCandless's legs, meaning he was not able to gather food to survive. In a journal entry, McCandless himself appears to implicate the seeds for his extreme weakness. The seeds would not have hurt McCandless if he wasn't already severely malnourished. McCandless has become a bit of a folk hero, but not everybody agrees on what his legacy is or should be. Was he a brave pioneer who was willing to abandon everything and pursue a dream, or a foolish young man who threw away his life for absolutely nothing? McCandless had contact with a number of people when he was driving and hitchhiking across the country. Many people made comments about what they observed. Here is a potential personality profile based on the many opinions people had of McCandless. When I conceptualize personality, I typically use the five-factor model. I remember the five factors through the acronym OCEAN. Openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. So with Chris McCandless, we see that he appeared to be high in openness to experience. He was intellectually curious, creative, and against tradition. He resisted and even despised authority. We see low conscientiousness. He took a lot of chances and did not seem well organized, although he did seem to have a great work ethic. He had high extroversion. He was assertive, outgoing, friendly, and sensation-seeking. We see that his level of agreeableness was mixed. He had both high and low facets. He was not always straightforward. He would not accept criticism. He did not appear to have a great deal of empathy. But at the same time, he donated a substantial amount of money to charity, so he seemed altruistic. His level of neuroticism is similar. We see high and low facets. He did not appear to be particularly depressed or anxious, but he did have trouble resisting temptation. McCandless seemed to be overconfident. He believed that he could get himself out of any predicament. He took specific pride in his ability to go without food for long periods of time. He had taken a number of risks prior to hiking in the Alaskan wilderness. His family already had concerns because he came close to dying a few times. So what happened with McCandless? Was he a hero who figured something out, something about life, some higher purpose, like a role model to others who wanted to resist authority? Or was he just an overconfident, self-centered individual who gravely underestimated danger? Many people in Alaska view McCandless as foolish, just another person trying to discover themselves or some universal truth by trekking into dangerous country. In their journey of self-discovery, 
they end up discovering death. There are others who view McCandless as a legend. They romanticize him and his experience, viewing him as someone brave enough to take on the system, break free of society, and live on his own. When, of course, ultimately, he died on his own. In 2019, a woman died when she was on her way to visit the bus where McCandless died. She was crossing the same river that stopped McCandless from escaping the wilderness when she was swept away by the current. The bus was eventually airlifted at the area to prevent further fatalities. So we can see McCandless hasn't been a good role model to everybody. My theory is that McCandless was a bit narcissistic, unrealistic, and self-absorbed. He believed that he had figured something out that other people could not. He understood that the rest of society was unwilling to or unable to understand. He was able to think abstractly pretty well, but not think concretely. Both are necessary for survival. We see that with the high openness to experience, somebody has that good ability to put together theories, to think in abstract terms, but they have trouble with concrete thinking. They don't understand how some concepts really don't move too much. They aren't highly symbolic. Sometimes a dangerous object or situation can be lethal. There is no negotiating in some situations. To McCandless, life was very fanciful. He would just drive from place to place. He was amazed by the beauty around him. He didn't bother carrying a map, or at least not an adequate map. He wanted to believe he was exploring uncharted territory. He was off the grid, separate and free from society. It was his mission to be like a human pinball, perhaps a victim of making a literal interpretation of the phrase, any way the wind blows. He didn't really worry about dangers. He believed that things would always work out. He reminds me of Mr. Magoo, this cartoon character who always seems to put himself in great danger but never gets hurt. Although, to be fair to Mr. Magoo, Mr. Magoo survived. Some people believe that McCandless was suicidal, like he wanted to die in the wilderness. I don't think he did. I believe he was willing to die. He realized at some level he was taking tremendous risks, but I don't think he was actively trying to end his own life. I think he made the mistake of ignoring the fact that he was losing weight. He put himself in a precarious position. Then eating those seeds only pushed him over the edge. If he had stumbled upon the river close enough to see that tram, he would probably be alive today, although he would have continued taking risks, very likely, so it's really hard to say. Regardless of what he intended or did not intend, McCandless had an impact on many people. His story raises a number of questions. Is society too boring for some people? Is surviving too easy? Do some people need to survive a dangerous experience to prove to themselves they can accomplish other goals in the safety of society? Some people feel the need to risk their lives in order to enjoy their lives, which is kind of like a person saying they need to burn their house down in order to feel warm. I think the true legacy of McCandless is how some people need to be more careful about who they view as a role model. McCandless was a misguided young man who died a terrible death, not some mythical hero who should inspire generations to come. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.